Welcome to the Revenue Builders Podcast with John McMahon and John Kaplan. This podcast is brought to you by Force Management. Force's solutions help companies, small teams, and individuals accelerate sales performance. Be sure to check out their new online platform, Ascender. Today, a segment with MongoDB's Chief Revenue Officer, Cedric Pesch. He talks about lessons learned transitioning into the CRO role and providing purpose as a leader to your teams. Take a listen. Hey, Cedric. So you've had an amazing career so far and, you know, still more to come. You're the VP of Europe for, you know, four software companies. Now the CRO at MongoDB. Can you talk about the biggest challenge that you've faced moving from the VP role to the CRO role? Uh, yes, from the VP of Europe to the CRO job. Yeah. So I guess that, you know, the size, I mean, there are different elements right here. There is a, an element which is around moving to uh, playing in your, in your backyard and, uh, and knowing you're, you know, being two hours away from everyone in your team and running a team of 200, 300 people uh, to moving into a global, global role all across the world with many different cultures. And, um, and uh, frankly speaking, uh, not touching everyone every week any longer, right? Mm-hmm. Now you've got like 2000 people and it didn't happen overnight, surely, but uh, in the US, in Indonesia, in Indonesia, in you know Australia, in India, in Europe, everywhere, in North America, in South America. So all of a sudden, the size of what you do is different, and then the complexity is clearly a little different. So all of a sudden, you realize that you can't manage those teams in the same way that you used to manage the previous one, right? Mm. Um, you have, you know, multiple layers of leaders underneath you. So there is, uh, w- there is also this, this concept of, you know, how am I going to still influence people on the global scale when I don't touch them every, every day? And where it's not only about me running a playbook and putting a, together a couple of trainings and, uh, and, you know, deciding what the ideal customer profile is, or it's like a bigger problem, which is like, how do I set a vision how do I make clear what we stand for in terms of values as a team so that people have a sense of orientation on a global scale without you being there every day, whether they are ICs, individual contributors, or you know, first-line leaders or second-line leaders or whatever. That working on that aspect of the job has been quite, quite important, uh, quite a difference. The other aspect is the complexity, because as you mentioned before, it's one thing to manage a direct enterprise software sales team. It's another one to have uh, multiple channels starting from product-led growth channels, um, partners, hyperscalers, which are both friends and and, and partners and, and once upon a time enemies, um, SIs all over the world um, and, uh, and more. So all of that complexity, all of a sudden you start uh, to have to deal with that and integrate these different channels so that they work together and not against each other. That was a big difference as well. Yeah. And you, you touched on this a little bit, but you've done an amazing job getting your team to bond as one and then buy into the team's purpose. So, which is, I think is really important because a lot of people are always sitting back asking, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? 
especially during COVID. A lot of people ask that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about why purpose is so important to the team and the motivation of the team? I think it starts from uh, you, meaning like you like there is a moment where you wake up in the morning and it's so hard that you, uh, you know, you, you ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And when the moment you start asking that, then you start needing to dig into yourself and, you know, do some introspection to come up uh, with answers, right? Uh, and sometimes you don't come up with answers and therefore it's too hard and not worth, not worth it. And some, sometimes you do come up with answers. Then from the moment you come up with answers for yourself, then it's about how do I articulate that to the rest of my team? And are others feeling the same thing? Because you do push, the more indexed you are on execution, the more you push your people to the brink, the more they do ask that question to themselves as well. Yes. Uh, if they are intelligent, right? Sure. And they are obviously very intelligent. So then it's really about doing the work together with the team um, to come up with collective answers, personal answers to these questions. Why, as a VP of North America, am I doing what I'm doing and working 60 hours a week and going through the pain that it takes uh, to do that? Uh, what is motivating me? And as a team, what values do we stand for? If we say, you know, we stand for excellence and innovation, what does that mean practically for the people working around us? Right. What's in it for them? How are they going to benefit from us building an excellent, outstanding team uh, or us being committed to innovation in their day-to-day -day work. So all this work of, um, you know, uh, let's, let's say team introspection uh, as well as, as, uh, as personal introspections as, uh, as senior leaders, I think it's very important because, you know, I all, now I start thinking the world of cell leaders in three buckets, right? You've got the, You've got the sales leaders who promise a, a great paycheck and a couple of trainings. And in 2021, frankly, uh, these leaders fall in the category of, uh, of those which uh, don't really know what they are doing. So let's draw them and focus on the others, right? But uh, the remaining ones, you have these two categories. You have these leaders which are super sharp on you know, defining the messaging and the ideal customer profile, the market you want to focus on, the recruiting profiles and productivity models and all these things, which are very important tools, but they are all execution oriented, right? And then you have this, uh, and, and if you have, this is very, very, very important to excel at that from the execution standpoint. But if you don't go beyond that and don't explain your people, why is it that they need to excel at these and on that side of things, you know, sales execution rather than qualification and so on and so forth, then they, they really quickly start feeling that this is a grinding organization, all focused on execution and not very inspiring. And the next thing you know is that they are here exclusively for, uh, for a paycheck, um, which needs to be there anyways, but it can't, it's, it's never enough. There is a moment where if it's only about the paycheck, the team starts saying, you know, I can't take that. It's too hard. At least if you pretend to excel. And, um, and this is where I think the third category of leaders come, or at least sales organizations come, which, you know, really work on, uh, on defining that vision. Uh, and it's quite a journey. You don't, you don't show up, you know, a morning and you say, here's, I'm going to write my vision on the wall or my team vision on the wall. <laughs> and then I'm going, to, it's a little like, and if you don't do that, it's a huge waste of energy in the, in the, 
yeah. Like it's a little like, you know, Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. And then turning to, uh, to the crowd and saying, uh, and my dream is that you guys are all going to make a lot of money. <laughs> it's just a little yeah. like that, right? It's right. like, very, it's odd, it's weird, right? Really? So there's this whole process of working together in order to, to come up. I have a dream. Let's define that dream. Uh, let's see if this is authentic. It's us or it's someone else, you know, dream. Uh, and how are we going to execute on it? Uh, and how is this connected to tomorrow morning? And what we are going to do tomorrow morning, that's a lot of work. And yeah. your point is on the dream part, it, when you're the leader, <clears throat> it, it's got to be a big enough dream that people are going to be willing to sacrifice. People are going to be willing to put in the grind. People are going to be willing to, uh, to do things that they just normally wouldn't do. So the dream has to be big enough and meaningful enough. There is this... Uh quote from this French author, John, which, uh, which used to say that if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them task and work only, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, when you define the sales process, when you train people on it on qualifying things, these are all incredibly important. Uh, things to do without which there is no way to build anything, right? Like uh, it's it's about gathering the wood and 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 giving the task and so on and so forth, right? So you make them competent at doing that. But the more you grind them on that, the more you push excellence in execution, the more you need to remind them every day about the uh, what the immensity of the sea looks like. Otherwise, these guys are after a while they are like, you know, I'm screw driving. I've been screw driving for four days here, or four five days. <laughs> I, I I forgot why I was what I was building. Right? I don't even understand. I was building a ship, and I was supposed to sail on the endless ocean one day. So, as a leadership team, you do need to be able to define what that endless ocean looks like, and how are we going to get there all together, and what does a ship look like, and keep that vision always connected. Yeah, that builds the or answers the question. As you pointed out, what's in it for me? You have to, everybody has that written on their forehead and you have to be able to answer that question. Yeah. Hey, Johnny Otherwise, and Cedric. Just, just which, one other piece yeah. on what Cedric said. You know, when people are there only for the paycheck, they'll stay in as long as that paycheck's good. Something goes wrong with the company, you know, stock goes down, the paycheck's not as good. That's when people just jump really quickly. But if yeah. they think that they're inspired, and they understand what's in it for them. And you're training them to be very competent at what they do so they can be self-sufficient. Then I think that's when people, you know, stay with you and just don't jump at the first time. I, I think it's specifically uh, important now, John, uh, because, you know, not like with what's going on in the market right now, you know, if, if as right. a, an organization, you've been telling your people that they should come because of their only, only, because of their big equity package and, and big OTEs and so on and so forth. Then what happens is that you expose yourself to have these same people coming and say, you know, what about that evaluation that you've got last year for multiple billions of dollars? Is it still, you know, valid right now? Or am I underwater? Or they're going to say, you know, how far am I from this liquidity event that you're promising me? Um, and the uh, next thing you know, that does create chaos and, and, uh, and, and, and attrition in the sales organization because you are just ripping what you've been, you know, preaching substantially. 
Um, and I see a lot of, uh, I think this is going to be interesting to see in the next couple of years what's going to happen. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think the, you, all three of us, we were doing a fireside chat, I think, for an SKO at MongoDB, and this concept came up, and we, we labeled what we're talking about right now as great leaders build patriots versus mercenaries. And what, what I'm seeing is in tough times, and what I saw in tough times of COVID, you know, the organizations that were built on mercenary, Cedric, this, you know, the first uh, bucket that you were speaking about from a leadership perspective that's focused just on comp and paycheck and stock price. And when all that got, you know, put under pressure, many of the mercenaries picked up their guns and or dropped their guns and went home. And like, as a leader, we talked about, you know, and I think what you do so well, Cedric, is that you focus on building, you know, a culture of patriots that are focused on the why and the, you know, when the tough times, like my favorite story about a patriot is the tough times come, the patriots, they go home, they break up their furniture and they, you know, they use the, they melt down the metal parts for more bullets, you know, versus the mercenaries dropping their guns and going home. So I, 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 I often think about that when I think about leaders like you, Cedric, tough times come and that's when companies that are led by people that really focus on doing the things that you're talking about doing, they, they hold their people intact. Yeah. This so is well saying when people understand the why they can handle the how. Yeah. Which is so important. Help your people understand the why. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the full episode with Cedric Pesh linked in the show notes. Make it a great week.